Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Everton Review Pod. It's a pod that thinks Pep passed his audition at Goodson last night with flying colours to play one of the burglars in the remake of Home Alone. On today's review, we're of course revisiting a crucial, pivotal and extremely tough test on Merseyside as City returned to domestic duties after being crowned Masters of the Universe. This was a big one. This was a proverbial must-win, so we can't be merely settling for your Howards and Chris's here. We need top-tier podding, the creme de la creme, which is why I'm delighted to be joined today by Aysan and Lloyd. Hi, Aysan, you there? Hello, <laughs> Really good. You love firing shots at Howard in your intros when he doesn't do pods. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it today. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's because I know he, he listens, and so I just picture his face when he hears Bloody hope he listens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lloyd, you there? You well? Yeah, all good. All good. Um, a few shots at Howard. Never goes amiss. Particularly <laughs> around a must win. Exactly. Well, that's, that's what put it in mind. Exactly. He has uh, been converted this season a little bit, though. He said fair. it twice. He's, yeah. He's posed it as questions rather than someone else asking it. <laughs> yeah, I think he's come round finally. Um, Okay, well, let's get straight into this must-win. And for me, it was. In fact, I'm going to start with that very question. Asan, was this a must-win for you, or is there still, you know, enough room for error uh, as regards to the rest of the season? I think there's loads of room for error um, in terms of the rest of the season because I don't think that anybody is that good. Mm. Uh, I don't think I've seen anything that that has made... Or, let me rephrase that. I, I don't think that... Arsenal and Liverpool are perfect, far from it. Um, Arsenal are probably a little bit closer to being the finished article than than Liverpool are. But I think more importantly, and I, I, I think a little bit we saw that uh, last night, that I think away from home in the Premier League, there is very few grounds that you go into and go in, yeah, we're going to walk all over these. I think, you know, I, I, I sort of look at... I watched Burnley against Liverpool and they do look like a championship team. So maybe Burnley are the one uh, and Sheffield United obviously uh, have a similar sort of squad makeup. But Luton look different to me. And then you sort of, you begin to move your way up the table and you're looking at how Bournemouth have turned things around and how good they've been. You look at how good Wolves have been, the sort mm. of results that they're picking up. I just feel as though it's a season in which it's not going to be 95, 96 points to win this league. I think you're looking at mid-80s to win the league. So I think there is still room for error for everybody. So no, it, 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 didn't, it didn't feel like a must-win from a win-the-league point of view. I do think just from a you know mentality point of view and, and the way that results have gone for us recently... I wanted us to show something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to return to that at the end of the pod, actually, because um, the reaction from the players and Pep and the fans, indeed, um, really kind of told us of where we are right now and how crucial it was for that win last night. Um, mm. but let's get to the lineups, Lloyd. When they were came out, um, Ruben Diaz was ill. Um, Doku, I expected to be on the bench. Um, and get a couple of minutes, but clearly not not there yet. Um, Ake was in for Gavardiol. Um, it looked very likely that Phil was going to be p- deployed down the middle. What did you make of it when you when you saw the uh, starting eleven? Yeah, so 
the Diaz one I didn't think anyone knew about did they so that kind of was a bit left field and how did you respond to that because he's been out of form but he's precisely that kind of player you need at Goodson isn't he yeah uh, but I wasn't that didn't worry me too much to be honest like like we've said a few times I think you know Diaz's level hasn't been close to what it what it can be or should be this mm. season so I don't think that was a massive miss um, and I think Akanji's generally done well although was slightly at the scene of the crime for the goal last night but we can come to that um, so that wasn't no I had no problem with that at all really I mean Walker's continued selection does baffle me but that's a that's an entire podcast in and of itself. Um, I think Nunes was the was the big kind of selection call. Yeah. Um, you know, Rico's played a lot recently. I understand why against that midfield, um, which is probably one of the most aggressive physical midfields in the Prem, uh, particularly after what happened at Villa. It you know it made sense not to play Rico. I think in that game, but Nunes obviously got the nod over Kovacic, um, so that was noteworthy. But other than that, I mean, you look at the bench. We're back to no options FC, pretty much, with, with the injuries we've got. I mean, it's really, really scarce. You know, we're talking Gomez, Phillips, Bob, you know, Gvardiol's, Gvardiol and Kovacic are really the only two players, you know, with Lewis that you can kind of change it off the bench. And none of them are attacking players. Bob's probably your only attacking change. And we're talking about, you know, a 19-year-old kid there. So, yeah, it was about... You know, as good as what Guardiola could have put out, I think. Just going to stay with you quickly on that, Lloyd, because I was very much conflicted, and I have been for much of this season seeing our subs bench. On the one side, you know, of course, it's not ideal by any stretch, um, and it really speaks of how limited this squad is in terms of depth. But of course, there's the other side as well, where you know you got four teenagers there on the bench, all with a chance of, of making you know minutes. They're not there just you know making up the numbers. Um, you know they've made Champions League appearances in the past couple of weeks. Is that quite exciting as a fan? Well, it is and it isn't because I think we know that Guardiola is pretty resistant to giving young mm, players yeah. serious minutes, and that's not because um, you know he doesn't think they're good. He's just very set on hierarchy, and even when he likes to roll with a small squad, I think he'll generally rather play the more experienced player again than you know throw a young player into the into the starting 11 you know that being said we've obviously seen bob be trusted quite a bit this season you know he's come off the bench in a few games in the premier league where you kind of think wow that's very unpep mm. um but i would kind of put rico in a different uh kind of basket to all the others i mean he's proven himself to basically be I think a first eleven player, you know, he got picked away at the Emirates, for example. Um, so, you know, I think that tells you what Pep feels about him. But yeah, I mean, it's exciting to have Bob on the bench. But equally, you know, do you want to bring Oscar Bob on when you're one nil down away from home? Not really. I mean, that's not what a Championship winning team should be rolling yeah. with in terms of options, is it? So, I think I'd I'd kind of flip the question back on itself. No, no, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, let's get to the game itself then. And I've kind of separated the first 20 minutes from the rest of the pod. Um, and the question, Asan, to you really kind of details whether I'm right to do so. Because I thought that the first 20 minutes, Beto had a, had a chance with a header after, what, 50 seconds. But that aside, I thought we controlled uh, proceedings. 
we looked on top of things we were passing the ball around you know kind of seven out of ten it wasn't brilliant but it was it was pretty decent everything were on the back foot we subdued the crowd i liked that only in 20 minutes did you yeah absolutely i think i think one of the things that happened after palace which i think is fair enough because of the manner in which we end up collapsing at the end of that game is it gets a little bit lost how well I thought we started that game, how well I thought we played for the first hour of that game. And actually, I think we started last night in a similar fashion. I thought that there was real purpose and intensity to the passing. Um, I like the shape. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just, we, 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 we began and we started creating chances. And I think that, that a little bit my barometer of how well we're going to do is how quickly we find ourselves in the opposition box and how quickly you see the opposition begin to scramble defensively and just how much pressure you're putting on them in the final third and I think that we ticked a lot of those boxes very early on last night for me yeah I mean, Lloyd would you go along with that I mean yeah we, we, we only created one real chance with the, the kind of double save Pickford and and you know Fair enough. Save it with any part of your body you can, but it, it was luck, wasn't it? That second save by uh, Pickford when it just kind of bounds off his, his rebounds off his uh, ankle. But that was the only real opportunity. It just seems to be where we were just finding our rhythm and and just settling back into the Premier League for me. Would you go along with that? Yeah, but even before that, I thought we had the chance where Foden at the near post after about yeah. five minutes flicked it, and then Alvarez kind of got um, a. Uh, second shot off off the back and that also mm. got blocked. But I, I was really impressed first twenty. I thought, you know, whilst we didn't create a huge chance, but I think, you know, the Nunes Alvarez double chance between them, one of them should score there, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's unfair to say. I thought you you saw a lot of good stuff. I thought we were moving the ball really quickly. You know, you saw that kind of intensity there. And it, you know, it's one of those starts where after 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, like they're on it today. They, they they look up for it. They look like they know what they need to do. The level looks there. The problem obviously comes after that, and that's a bit of a similar pattern that's emerged this season. But I was I was actually really impressed with the kind of first 20. I thought thought we were really good. From 20th minute to their goal and 28th minute, um, appreciate we're only talking about an eight minute period here, example. I felt we started to look a bit ragged. Everything got a foothold. The crowd were picking up as a consequence of that. But, you know, obviously it ended in a goal. We're not to know that stage. I was okay with that because it's Everton. You, you're gonna, mm. They're going to have moments, aren't they? They're going to have periods. Definitely. I think, again, it goes back to what I said at the top of the podcast. I think when you go away from home in this league... You will have most teams will have moments where mm. they'll make you suffer. Most teams have got enough about them that there will be periods in the game where they they will get a foothold on things and they'll make you suffer a little bit. And I think Everton coming off the back of a couple of poor results, I expected them to be bang up for it. Um, so it wasn't really a shock that that they'd gotten a little bit of a foothold in the great game I do sort of agree with you though I, I did I did feel a little bit we lost control and I I mean look it's really hard because I I, I don't want it to become 
even though it's becoming a little bit of a theme of podcast this season I, I just feel as though missing De Bruyne missing Gundogan you're basically missing two guys who underst- understand game state yeah a lot better than than most top professionals do and there was there's a couple of moments where Edison is pissed and he's screaming at people to come and drop deeper and I understand why he was doing that because I think that when Everton did something which really surprised me which is that they committed a lot of men to a very intense press really high up the pitch now under normal circumstances for me that's playing into City's hands if you come and you say all right we're going to press with six seven men in your half well I would nine times out of ten I'd back our build-ups just play through that you play two three passes and suddenly you're in I think part of the issue a little bit last night was that I don't really think that there was the player who I think that's a little bit the thing with putting Bernardo out on the right and it's it's maybe it's part of a wider conversation about the difference between Foden and Bernardo Gundo and, and Kev and that is just that I think that if Bernardo is playing centrally I think he understands game state a little bit better and he can he can look at a press like that and go well if I go and stand here in between I don't know a Kanji and Walker I can give Edison a really easy pass mm. and if the fella that's pressing me comes and presses me Edison's probably got a ball over the top and I'm not sure that we handled Everton's press and we didn't handle it because I don't think we were giving the options to the players in the back line and then of course there's the wider conversation about well you know how good on the ball is a kanji how good on the ball is walker but then john stones was playing at that point as well so you know there there wasn't really a there wasn't really a reason to lose control i i don't think that i don't look at that massively as a personnel thing obviously i make the gundo and the kev comparison just in terms of they have that experience but i expect now the 11 on the pitch to also understand game state the as w- or begin to understand game state as well as Kevin Gundo used to, which is part of a steep learning curve for Nunes, isn't it? You know, it's it's a season long kind of crash course, isn't it, for him? For precisely for those moments, massively so. And I just don't. I think the thing with Nunes is that the things that he does well, I like them, and I understand why he's a useful asset to have in the team. But actually. In a moment like last night, you also see his limitations because what you really need is a really clever lad who can drop a little bit deeper, put his foot on the ball, turn around and play a pass that breaks two lines. And that's just never going to be Nunez's game. He's going to try and dribble and break Mm. two lines by dribbling. And when that works, that's great. But I prefer to have players in the build-up who can make those passes. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. 
So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.